Welcome to the Broadsides Podcast Broadcast, a broad look at a broad historical subject by two not-so-broadly-informed people. I'm your co-host, John. And I'm your co-host, Andrew. Fantastic. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing well, man. How are you? That's good. I'm doing pretty good myself. Now, this is our first podcast, and for the first one, I thought we should keep it close to home. That's right. You and I are both, by trade, to one one extent or another, tour guides. Yes. Yes. Not exactly a highly esteemed uh, profession, but one with a long and... I don't know if you'd say checkered past, but an interesting past. An interesting, interesting past. history. And I thought for our inaugural episode, it'd be appropriate to talk about the history of tour guiding. It sounds fun to me. I like history. Tour guides, uh, it's a pretty long, long origin here. Um, the first word for somebody who was a tour guide was a Cicerone. Cicerone. Which comes from Marcus Tullius Cicero, a Roman politician. One of the greatest Roman politicians, apparently, who was alive back in the 60s. Like the 1960s? No, like uh, 60 BC. Ah, okay. When he served around then. I see. And the word Cicero used to mean a learned antiquarian who'd show and explain local antiquities and curiosities. So that's okay. what that's what the, the original Cicerones would do. So there were antiquities in 60 BC, and of course, I'm being there's, facetious. There's always old shit. That's right. It's pretty amazing to think about. Even in 60 BC, he's like, man, that shit over there, <laughs> that shit's old. And we're talking about 60 BC. There's never been, I don't think, any shortage of old, old, shit. old shit cluttered You're up right. in, in your mom's house. That's right. That she wants you to take home with you. Right. But you couldn't sick of holding on to your comic books. Yes. Yeah, but you couldn't give a tour of your old bedroom with your comic books. Some weirdo would be into that. You're right. That's true. But well, I digress. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> Commercial tour guiding. Yes. That sort of started both in Japan and England in the 18th century, where a traveler would hire a local guide to show him around, either the countryside or the sites of a city or what have you, uh, both in Japan and England. Actually, the one in England which started in 1758, is still operating. It's the longest continuously operating tour guide company. So, That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Huh. That's just sort of the basics. I want to talk about the first, possibly the first ever recorded tour guides. Okay. And who do you think that might be? The oldest tour guide who ever lived, maybe, possibly. That's not our place to say. Actually, no, who you're talking about, because we've had the discussion before. But That's true. I was trying to build up sort of a... I know you, you, yeah. got, the, you got the audience on the edge of their seats. Yeah. I definitely agree. Moses and Aaron. There we go. Moses and his, his lesser Should I act known... surprised that I didn't know that what it was? No, you can, you can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> Dang, really? Moses? Really? Really, you never would have guessed. <laughs> I know. Had I, I would have. told you a month ago that's what right. I was going to do the show but That's about. okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, Moses and his lesser known brother, Aaron. But, and why do you... Well, I agree. He is lesser known. Yeah. Well, was he just didn't have the charisma of his brother? He, he wasn't the leading. Actually, he had more charisma. That's why Moses wanted Aaron. Yeah. You know the old story everybody knows. Moses was walking around, found a burning bush, talking with the voice of God. Burning bush said, "Hey, I want you to talk to the Pharaoh. I want you to get my people out of Egypt into the Promised Land." And Moses is like, "You know what? I'm not a very good speaker." He said it just like that. You know what, God? Let me tell you something. Huh. I'm not a very eloquent guy. And because people think that Moses may have had a stutter. And it's kind of funny because I definitely have social anxiety. I, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but... Eh, a little bit. A little bit. So, and, you know, I think, I'm sure Moses, on a, on a level, had that same social anxiety if he had a speech impediment. Well, and so it's interesting that he would pursue the same career that we did, even though we're, we, we don't exactly fit into that. To be fair, Andrew, Moses had less of a choice. 
That's true. God never came to me in the form of a Bernie Bush and told no, me to get a job no. giving tours about Thomas exactly. Edison. No, John, right. old Floridians need you. That's right. Old Floridians the need you. The one who is called I am commands <laughs> yeah, you right. into Florida. No, you're right. All right. <laughs> that's not the way my experience went out. No, no, I agree. But yeah, so Moses is like, I'm not a good talker. God's like, well, your brother Aaron is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty charismatic. Has a lot of points in charisma. Go talk to him. He'll be waiting for you. Okay. So they got together. Long story short, very short. <laughs> Six hundred thousand Jews, approximately. This is back in fourteen forty-six BC, maybe. Okay. Moses gets together six hundred thousand Jews out of Egypt, walks them out of there, and they spend the next forty years Holy cow. in the desert. Where they were going was from the city of Sakoth. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not an Egyptologist. Right. But a place called Sakoth. I tried looking at a map to figure out what's there now. So I could say, oh, you know, near modern day, there's nothing there. Nothing there, huh? They go from Sakoth, which is sort of just west of the Nile, I think. And they want to go to Jericho. That's about 371 miles using today's infrastructure. Okay, so John. Yeah. This tour took 40 years and covered 600 miles? 371. 370 miles. John, I have people who complain about hour-long tours that cover 20 acres. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's because they have fake hips. No, th- yes, that's true. There's plenty of, I mean, not plenty, but there's some young people that come on the tour that also seem legitimately tired after one hour and not even walk covering the full 20 acres. Could you imagine <laughs> trying to lead a group? And I'm sure there I mean, not fake hips amongst the, how many uh, were in the group that Moses let out? 600,000. 600,000, yes. I don't, think any, I don't think had, any of those had false hips, though. Not, no, no. Well, you never know the kind of technologies they had back then. They had burning bush technology. Exactly. There could have been some kind of, I don't know, exoscoot made of, exosuit made of wood. <laughs> I like the idea of exoscoot, like an old lady <laughs> on like a scooty little a scooty a that's attached to her body. Yeah, like you see at like the, right. at the grocery store. I mean, they the built the pyramids, John. We don't they, really know what the, the Egyptians... Pyramids. Okay. I don't want people to think I'm a conspiracy theorist in the first episode. Or, or just a dumbass. Or just a dumbass. <laughs> it's true. We should go ahead and get it off the bat that I will sometimes be a dumbass on purpose for yeah. the sake of conversation. I think I'm going to file this podcast under comedy. There we go. So they know exactly That's what they're right. They don't come in here thinking, man, I'm going to learn something very no. intelligent these, today. From these two learned from these historians. Two learned, yeah, exactly. That's not so, us. If you, are here, if you are here listening to this now and you're expecting to walk away um, more intelligent, I don't know if... More intelligent? Smarter? Smarter? Yeah, no. No. Keep looking. Maybe more well-informed? Maybe more You're right. And we are providing some as, facts. As far as, as far as we're informed, you are also informed. There we go. Which is good enough. Take that, take that for what it... That's right. What you will. That's right. Now, okay, let's get back. Let's get back. What's going on now? Using modern infrastructure, that 371 miles, if you wanted to walk that, that'll cost you about 120 hours of your time. I have more time playing Skyrim. Um, I definitely have more time playing Company of Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. So the time you spent in Company of Heroes, you could have gotten from Sakoth to Jericho and completed the Exodus. And it took them 40 years. It took 40 years. Well, you know, they kind of pissed God off and he told them, you're going to be here for 40 years. Ah, uh, Yeah. There was a whole thing involving spies. Moses had spies. We'll get to that later. Okay. But, yeah, the spies were upset. They told Moses that, you know, this this isn't going to work. We're not going to be able to do this. Like, there's nothing over there. The promised land kind of blows. And God was like, no, 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 no. For your lack of faith, you're going to be here for 40 years. 
Ah. I think that's how it went down. That's what that's what I gleaned from my knowledge of the Bible, being okay. raised a Methodist, and from Wikipedia about 40 minutes ago. Right. Two very good sources. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible and Wikipedia. Like they... That's right, yeah. Happy yeah. medium. Happy medium. As you also may know, Moses and Aaron didn't live to see the end of their tour. Which really sucks. Yeah. The first tour ever. The first tour ever... In fiction or history, right. or at least mythology. Right. Lasted 40 years. 40 years. Had 600,000 customers. Yep. And the two tour guides died at the end. Yeah. Man. They I've had, had some bad tours, but not that bad. No, God, God had to elect a new tour guide for the last stretch of this tour. Hmm. You think God was there, like, would sometimes flash down there and, you know, enter somebody else's body within the group to just kind of... It sounds more like Quantum Leap and less like God. Yeah. Okay. That's... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the guy personally, so I don't really know what he. Has. You don't have a personal relationship with God, our Lord. Well, that's okay, John. That's not. Let's like turn it. to a different yeah, podcast. That's, that's just totally just turned into a different. Reach podcast. behind you and grab the Bible. That's right. Turn to. Oh, this was actually a Bible intervention. <laughs> we got you all. Bring bringing you back into the flock. That's camera. right. All right. No, that's no, not that kind of show. That's right. So there were so many Jews people. Mm-hmm. Going. See, we can go ahead and assume. You know, it's, it's funny. Let's, we should actually go ahead and bring it up. It feels dirty to say Jews, but uh, in this case, we can assume they were all people of. For the most part, you think they're mo- mostly Jews, right? Yeah. Which I, I think it depends entirely on the tone of voice. Like yeah. us saying Moses and six hundred thousand Jews walk through the desert. Right. That doesn't sound that, that bad. If you say something like the Jews, the Jews are taking all the jobs. That would be so. <laughs> that's just something. I've never heard anyone say that. Well, Damn Jews you, taking you all ha- our jobs. You haven't lived in Southwest Florida long enough because <laughs> I guarantee you will hear it being said by someone here in our area. Uh, we got a lot of Trump supporters here. Uh, they say that kind of stuff. Yeah. So who was elected, and was he any better? Did he immediately get them out of the desert? Well, I mentioned those twelve spies before, right? Uh huh. Two of those spies did not piss God off. One wow. of those spies was a fellow named Joshua. So that's interesting. I always I just assumed that the Bible would have taken like spies as like kind of a, a derogatory, like not a good profession. Okay, then let's. Pick, okay, they, I don't think they called it spies. He was more like a rogue. Directly, I'm gonna go with. Did he use a bow and have, wear a, a hood? Moses had a department of intelligence. Okay, which is like even more shady in Moses. my opinion. But again, <laughs> I guess I'm not. God, and I'm not like, picking... Like the ancient Jewish version of the CIA. He had right, one of those. Right, cool. And you want an intelligent guy to get your people out of the desert that they've been stuck in for 40 years, so... Yeah. Hiring somebody who's in charge of intelligence, that's probably a good move. Exactly. Good yeah. Move. Like uh, J. Edgar Hoover. So J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> so Joshua gets elected the new tour guide. Thank right. God. And... Knowing that they're reaching, sort of coming near their destination, God decides to make Joshua invincible, which Ooh. was awfully nice of him. That's a good move. Yeah. Yeah. I would really, yeah. Right before the boss battle, you get made invincible. That's right. A smart move. Yeah. So after 40 years, mm-hmm. Joshua's leading the tour. Right. He is invincible. He cannot be harmed. And they get to their destination, Jericho. Jericho is just outside of Jerusalem, modern-day Jerusalem, not far from the same location. They get to their destination, and then the tour group proceeds to destroy the city of Jericho. Dang. It was in the way? No, that's where they were going, Canaan. And they needed to get rid of Jerusalem because... Oh, no, they were getting rid of Jericho 
Because the people on Jericho weren't Jews, and this is their promised land, so uh, you know, we're, we're, we're coming for it. I see. You know? So right. you, you've heard the Get walls. off my land. Sort of, yeah, exactly. Huh. Manifest destiny. Right. So what I'm going to do is pump my music real loud <laughs> until you guys move out. Flasting that hip hop. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, it... <laughs> letting their grass grow high. Yeah. <laughs> You guys better yeah, leave. Just, just dro- the neighborhood's going uh, down. Drop, dropping the property value. Right, right. I imagine it wasn't hip-hop they were playing out of the horns, though. The Beastie Boys are Jewish. Yeah. They're a funky bunch. That's true. It's certainly <laughs> possible, then. Let your imagination run wild with that one. Yeah, I know a few Jewish bass players. Okay. I think. Is it, I mean, was it horns they were playing? <laughs> it, did, it didn't say in the Bible what kind of music they were blasting over the walls of Jericho. But that's what they made the walls fall. Right? Isn't that what they used? Trumpets, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't actually research the fall of Jericho. Yeah, they, they played the music. So they walked around. The, I remember basically from my uh, Catholic upbringing was that they, would, like, they walked around the city a few times, like blasting the horns until the walls fell down. Jeez. Yeah. I thought, I thought I was making a joke that was like having an impact on you, but really it just... Right over my head. Yeah. Man. Wow. Hopefully the one, of, the one or two people who, are listen, who eventually listen... We'll get that one. <laughs> it was just too smart a joke for me. I'm sorry, John. So they get to their destination. Okay, hell yeah. And the customers proceed to destroy it. Or, or yeah. ransack it, take it. Well, that happens in our gift shops all the time at the end of the <laughs> so that's Buying all those little gadgets. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and books about the pretty, area. Yeah. John, can we go back a moment? Sure. Why did it take them 40, 40 years to walk <clears throat> what would take us 160 hours? No. I know they had to stay... In the desert, but I'm assuming they walked around in circles. Well, as I mentioned, God got a they little s- upset. With right, them. so he made them stay in the for desert for, for forty, 40 years. years. Yeah, that was like. I and think so, did they post up camp then in the desert? Oh yeah, they did post up camp. Okay. And let me tell you, the footprint of six hundred thousand people camping in the desert is pretty gosh darn big. Oh yeah. Huh. I did the math. Yes. No, I didn't. Well, I went to a website. That did the math. (laughs) That that told me they did the math. Okay. And I'm trusting them on this. Okay, fair enough. And all those people Mm -hmm. camping in one spot would take up comfortably, well, maybe even uncomfortably, 1.5 square miles. I don't know if I believe that, John. (laughs) 1.5 square miles? 1.5 square miles. Okay, I mean... I think that's a pretty big area. It's bigger than the downtown of the city we live in. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, but that's... We have 60,000 people in the entirety of Fort Myers. And you're talking about one little area, downtown. Yeah. I mean, they... Yeah, all right. I'm not saying it's impossible because I'm not willing to... Well, I don't know. If you, if you packed them real tight, you could get them in there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like a sardine. So there's... So is that their explanation why there is no evidence of them? I don't, there? I don't think so. I don't well, think what, what's, what are the, the, what's the point they're trying to make by saying that they were stuck in such a small spot? Well, this was just a website that wanted to, like, they was, was giving information about the excess. I think it was a Christian-run website. Right. Um, it seemed and not that, that I'm attacking it, because the, yeah. their evidence is just as well-researched as mine is. So you, you know what? Because we have a podcast, we have to have a blog yes. to broadcast the podcast. That's right. Um, I will put all of our sources... Excellent. This on the like, blog. Yes. If anybody's interested, wants to fact check us, maybe we misspoke. Maybe we're quoting like really weird fringe websites that which, don't know what they're talking about. Which can definitely happen. We'll put all of our sources on the website. I like that idea. Yeah. Keeps us honest. Keep us keeps us honest. Feel free to email us and call us out. Yes. I'll add that email address to the end of the episode when I feel like um, I remember it. That's right. Okay. So that was the end of the tour. Wow. It was pretty... I feel exhausted just hearing about it, John. 
I'm probably going to edit it down. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine what their feet look like at the end of it? Oh, like hobbits. I assume they have, yeah. like, sandals. Have the, yeah. yeah, but still, that's... Can you make oh, footwear okay. out of cactus? I suppose you could. Maybe the inside part. I'm assuming not the prickly part. No. Well, if you put the inside part on your foot and the prickly part on the sand... And have, like, some, some kind of get some desert tra- cleat? <laughs> get some traction, that's, you know? Yeah. It'll keep See, you on there. We don't know what they were using back then. We really no. don't know. It's certainly possible. I, I like it. If I was around year 28, I'd be looking at the cactus like, snake and I could probably make some shoes out of that. What am I going to do with this prickly pear plant. <laughs> <laughs> and my sandals wore out like three years ago. That's right. That's right. So John, for the second part, we're going to skip forward. Um, I'm sorry. You said yours took place in like 1700 BC? Uh, I think 14 something. 14. 1400. It, was a, it was a long, long time ago. So yeah, we're talking another... This took place in the 18... Or excuse me, 1900s. BC? Uh, AD now we are talking. Oh, that's a, that's a good long while. That's right. So this is shortly after the United States has formed. We are talking about United States history now. This, um, this is the original 13 colonies shortly after that happened. That's correct. Okay, yep. they all got together as states. we got 13 got, of them now. we got 13 of them now. And then all of a sudden, France is running out of money. And which is often, you know, going to happen when you've got like multiple wars. You've got an empire all over the world. Was this Napoleon wrecking shit up? I there? think it was. Yes, it was Napoleon uh, at the okay. time. So he ends up selling in the Louisiana Purchase in eighteen o three. Let me pull up the exact number here because I got it. I you got have it. it. Fifteen million do- U.S. dollars in eighteen o three, and it doubled the size of the United States. For fifteen million bucks, we got a whole big chunk. Now, were those whole big immediately staged? Like, okay, this is Louisiana. No, it was or... pretty much a Louisiana territory, but it covered all the way from New Orleans. I mean, up to Canada. It was huge. Oh wow! It was gigantic. So, Louisiana Purchase is kind it was of not like, just Louisiana, the state that you know today. Doesn't really represent. No, again, it, the it, it doubled the size of the United States. So, all of a sudden, we got this new frontier. Right. We have all this new land, but we don't know anything about it. And so Thomas Jefferson, he was, you know, a pretty smart guy in my opinion. He decides to set up the Corps of Discovery. That sounds That's badass. A, right? Oh, the my Corps God. of Discovery. Now, for about a year before this, he had taken in this young man named Meriwether Lewis. Um, now, Meriwether Lewis was kind of like a frontiers guy. Uh, he was always wandering. He oh, knew yeah. a, a ton about the frontier, but more importantly, he was also very intelligent. So like your Davy Crockett, Paul your Bunyan. Your Davy type. Crockett, Paul Bunyan mixed with a botanist and uh, he was really good with like herbs and medicines. He's got like a Davy Crockett Darwin. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Now he was definitely not Darwin Crockett. as intelligent as the leading Darwin Crockett. I actually like that a lot. <laughs> Uh, not intelligent as some of the leading uh, minds of the country because he would be sent around to do some studies with different um, professors and doctors. But... Jefferson thought he had that good balance of intelligence and hardiness, which I think was is kind of cool. Now, um, Meriwether unfortunately did suffer from depression, Ooh. which Jefferson noticed a quite mo- a bit. He's a moody little he fella. He was a moody fella again, and we go back to you know having the whole anxiety, and we mentioned that with uh, Moses and the fact that they were still able to go out and lead um, you know these groups of human beings through these. Territories is pretty interesting. Now, when were Lewis and Clark the leaders of this expedition? Okay. I, thought, I thought they had a. I thought they had a person for that. Okay, so l- l- you're correct. That is correct, John. So, so what happens is um, Jefferson forms the uh, Corps of Discovery. He immediately puts, uh, by this point, Captain Meriwether Lewis in charge. 
Captain Meriwether Lewis chooses a close friend, Second Lieutenant Lieutenant William Clark. Lieutenant. Um, Lieutenant, that's right. So they, they were the two leaders of the group. But you're right. It was really a Shoshone woman named Sakagawea. So Sacagawea. Sacagawea. Everyone says Sacagawea. But it turns out it because these guys were such terrible spellers and they didn't know the Shoshone language, they would spell things out phonetically. So when you read that Saka, you have to read it phonetically. It is Saka Gawia. Saka Gawia. Yeah. You just okay. read it phonetically as it's spelled, and that's. Now, all I know about Saka Gawia is she used to hang out with these two guys, and yes. she was on that sort of gold looking dollar coin. Yes. And I will be utterly honest with you, John. Yes. That is almost the extent of my knowledge, also on Saka Gawia. Because even though this is a uh, a podcast about tour guides, and she is the true tour guide of this guide of this uh, guided tour, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I did more study on the two gentlemen and how they prepared for the trip. Oh, the because guys, I am I reading, and again, uh, John will post our sources, but I am reading an excellent book called Undaunted Courage by. Um, Stephen A. Ambrose. So, and thank you, Stephen Ambrose, for that check. We really do appreciate the endorsement. That's right. <laughs> we will, we expect it in the mail. <laughs> and I haven't finished the book. And okay. in fact, I have not gotten to the actual expedition in the book yet. You're sort of undercutting your authority here. I am under. Well, I've done some other research on the uh, old Wikipedia, so I've pulled okay. up some things future on in the date. But um, I will mention Sakagawea a few times. But again, no uh, definite. Information now. Uh, what, what I want to talk about is kind of ha- so how they prepared. Again, uh, Lewis he goes out. He kind of gets together with some of the best and brightest minds around the country before he heads out. And uh, one of them is a guy named Doctor Benjamin Rush. Now, uh, Doctor Rush was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Okay. He is also known as the father of American psychiatry. He actually wrote the first American book on psychiatry. I want to stop you for just a second. You said he's a signer of the Declaration. Yes. How many motherfuckers signed that thing? Like, it feels like everybody and their mama got their hand in it. Like, we know John Hancock. It's the yeah, big motherfucker. because he took up half the page. Yeah, everybody else. I want to say they flipped it on his back and signed the back. No, maybe not. I feel like it's when you like when you're working in an office and they pass around like a birthday card for somebody, right. yeah. and one rude motherfucker put their, put name, their name like across yes. half the page. She's like, right. "I gotta get mine real small in there." Yep. I've actually once thought that somebody else needed to sign, so I left this huge space and I wrote really small. And it turned out I was the last one signing it, <laughs> so I ended up looking like a jerk because I had just my real yeah. small signature. Yeah. Andrew cares very little. <laughs> and, about it, you. and it covered up like yeah. an entire blank page, represented like, by this itty bitty signature. Yeah, exactly. How much Andrew cares? That's, yep, yep. So, about your retirement. <laughs> that's you right. Dick. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's about how it, how she goes. So, uh, Doctor Rush, uh, yes. very interesting character. Obviously, again, he studied psychiatry. So he was the one who provided lots of the medicines for the group, including, and I quote, Afghan opium. So Afghan opium was used for nervousness. Sure it was. It was administered multiple times throughout the um, the journey uh, to Sacagawea, to Lewis, and to um, Clark, and obviously other members of the, the group. So for this entire tour, the guides were high as balls. Uh, I don't know if they were necessarily high as balls, but yes, they were definitely high at multiple times of the tour. Okay. Well, 
Well, the American wilderness is a harsh place. You That's know, right. You need, you need, you need to get time. in touch with nature or whatever it, that may be. That, yeah. That, um, I don't really know. That's a good... Just chill. Yeah, that's right. But uh, even more importantly than the opium, uh, my personal favorite of Mr. Benjamin Rush's contributions to our society was his pills called the Thunderclappers. Ooh, that's okay? good. Now, uh, Lewis knew the Thunderclappers were a uh, powerful uh, potion, so he ended up ordering... And I, uh, again, I quote, 50 dozen. Now, John, I could have done math before we started the podcast and made myself smart, sound smart and uh, equaled out what 50 times 12 is, but I didn't. Okay. It would be 500 plus 250. 750 of these. I think. All right. We're going to go with that Okay. for the sake of the podcast. Sure. If someone wants to email us with the correct number, uh, uh, we'll uh, accept that. Just a brief yeah. interjection. <laughs> We did not study the math. We did not. That's right. We both, Yes, that's right. We did not. We'll, we'll get that out of the way. But, okay, so what were the thunderclappers, you may ask? I, I'm asking. You're asking. This instant. They contained calomel and jollop. Now, what is calomel and jollop? Okay, John, I'll answer that. Calomel <laughs> is mercury chloride often found as a – or not often, actually rarely found as a mineral in nature. Jollop – comes from a root that grows almost exclusively in South America. Both of them are powerful diuretics. So they made you piss all over the place. Shit all over the place. Shit all over and the place. And piss and sweat and just kind of expel these toxins. That's what Benjamin Rush pretty much used so, it for. So these thunderclappers were poison. Uh, yeah, mercury were... and jollops. Well, I know there's some... Mercury is deadly poison, and others are more. Uh, yes. I didn't study chemistry. But, right, that's right. But either way, these ones would yeah really clear you out very quickly, and they had like at least seven hundred and fifty. It seems like a bad thing to have when you're wandering through the wilderness. Through the wilderness, isn't that right? I don't know. Apparently, well, he was hype. a pretty smart guy. Okay. All right, so they're traveling. Th- uh, they go- head out from uh, today is Hartford, Illinois. Um, they head out on the Missouri River. So Jefferson wanted them to find a water route following the Missouri River to the Pacific Ocean. Ooh. Yeah. Rough job. Yes. Yes. So they took like a foldable boat that they could like take out of the water. At one point they actually sunk the boat on purpose so that nobody would steal it and then they came back and like refloated it. But um, at some point along the Missouri River they hit the mountains and uh, they can't pass over into Idaho. Uh, and uh, why would you want to really it's true why did they just turn back at that point <laughs> but these guys are very dedicated i mean they already gone quite a, a long way uh so they get to this uh this pass the salmon river they can't get through the salmon river on foot or on boat so they hire a shoshone guide named old toby Old Toby. Old Toby, that's his name. And Old Toby knew something second Gawea did not. Apparently, now, um, okay, so let's just go back to the, you, you know, I'm glad you, you brought her up again because I, I should have given her a lot more credit in my research. But Saka Gawea was the translator for the group and pretty much had, was the reason they were able to interact with the uh, tribes. And if it wasn't for the Native American tribes, they would have not made it through. Okay. Now, did they encounter many tribes, or is it just the Shoshone? They also in tribe. Uh, they did encounter other tribes for sure. Um, one that's staying out in my memory is the Blackfeet. The Blackfeet. Yes. Okay. And I also want to say the Hadata. I've never heard of them. Yeah, um, and I may be mispronouncing that, but there were definitely other tribes. Again, I should have studied up on it a little bit more, but you know what? I wanted to go into this podcast as a non-expert. Old Toby gets them through the mountain. They find a huge bay that at first they think is the ocean. Oh, sweet. Job done. No. 
but Job done. But it turns it. out it wasn't the ocean, so they have to keep going. So uh, what do they uh, call the bay? Now I'm kind of forgetting. <laughs> you're hyping the, that up. Yeah. Well, uh, what's the feeling you're getting right now? Old Toby Bay. Disappointment. Disappointment. Bay of disappointment. Because <laughs> they saw the bay and they thought it was the ocean. See, at that point, I've been like, you know what? Let's just say it's the ocean. That's right. Like Jefferson's not going to be over here to right, check. Right, right, that's right. But they so they found the ocean, uh, and they turn back and they start heading back, and they're and they pretty much go much faster on the way back than the way out. So they're able to arrive back in um, St. Louis by September of eighteen oh six. Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri. Is that where they were? They left on the Missouri. They left from Illinois. Illinois. Onto the Missouri River, and they took Missouri River again. I'm terrible at geography. So, so, so after they got to the Bay of Disappointment, they turned back. No, after they got to the Bay of Disappointment, they went for a little bit further. I think it was like a day or two further okay. to, or, to see the Pacific. So they did make it the, to they the Pacific. Did. Yes, but, but there was no there was no outlet. There was no out. Uh, there was no river. No, they pretty much realized that from when they got to the pass okay. that there was at least the route that they had taken proved that there was no. There was no connection with the Missouri River to the Pacific. That was pretty much one of Jefferson's aims. What a bummer. That was your only job going out there. Well, okay, okay. You know what? And I, something I should have mentioned at the start of it is that wasn't their only job out there, John. Um, because Jefferson also hoped that Lewis and Clark would gather information on botany, uh, animals, I mean the geography, the stuff oh, that they okay. found. Um, and again, we can thank Sacagawea for the fact that they made it through alive, but really Lewis and Clark were, were intelligent men and good note takers. And they, um, you know, you had found that, uh, journal, uh, book at a uh, bookstore, but actually you can view their entire journals online. Uh, so if anyone's interested, uh, and again, we'll put up the post, but you can actually view their journal entries online and, um, it's fascinating the stuff that they record. Um, so going back to the animals that they, they spot grizzly bear. First time a white man had ever seen a grizzly bear. Oh my god, it was terrifying. terrifying. They're monsters. I believe it was Lewis. I may be wrong, but one of the, you know, because multiple uh, people within the group kept journals, but one of them stated that the grizzly bear, bear's claw was four and a half inches long, and they had put it's ten like, shots into it, including its lungs. And well, it still took about a half hour. Was, you say ten shots. This was what year? Eighteen between eighteen oh four and eighteen oh six. So what were they using? Uh, you know, it's a great question. Uh, they were that, that's, using, before the, that's before the Civil War. The Civil before War, the Civil War, but um, had the first repeating rifles. The repeating rifles. That's true. They were not using repeating rifles, so these guys were mostly using muskets. Okay. Uh, there was like a Virginia rifle that they also were using. Uh, so I believe there were rifles by that point. Okay, so, uh, and so a rifle, your rifle, is that easier to load than a It's musket? not necessarily easy to load, but it, uh, the, it means the barrel is rifled, and so the bullet goes out in a spinning fashion, so it gives the gun much more accuracy okay. over a further distance. You said it took them 10 shots to bring this grizzly down. Correct. Now, you got to think there were 33 guys in the okay. group. <laughs> so I imagine 10 I imagine they all shot. All 33 of them. And the dog was barking, I'm sure. It wasn't like five guys taking two minutes to fire two shots. That's right. I'm assuming they were all unloading multiple firearms. Because they did bring, and again, I'll have to double check. I imagine if you're going to the American Walter It was a lot of bullets. So they ended up having, uh, they brought a ton of uh, the best rifle, 200 pounds of the best rifle powder. That's Who's carrying this shit? Isn't that amazing? 400 pounds of lead. So 400 pounds of lead and 200 pounds of gunpowder. Jesus Christ. And they only hit the bear 10 times. Is that the only thing but they I'm shot? Sh- 
I'm sure no, they, they shot hunting. a lot. They did shoot quite a bit, and they were hunting a lot for the food. However, they only shot their guns off in anger once, and that was on the return trip. Encountered some bandits. They or? encountered some um, Native Americans or Indians, as they were as they as they were called um, in the journal entries. Are referred to as Indians, so I think it's fair to refer to them as Indians because we don't know. I feel like most Native Americans would almost prefer like American Indian or something American as Indian. opposed to Native yeah. American. I don't know. Again, if you're a Native American, if you're if you're a Shoshone or a Creek or a Blackfoot or a Mohawk, let us know. Please let us know. You want to know? But they were stealing the horses, and so they had to shoot their guns off in anger. And that was the only time they did it. Now, a gun was shot off uh, many other times in hunting. It did result result in a casualty, or a, uh, yeah, a casualty um, at one point before this. Did somebody shoot their buddy? Uh, and yes, and I'm sure there was anger afterwards. The gun was not shot off in anger, but I'm sure Lewis was angry afterwards because he was shot in the leg. By one of his cohorts. Okay, and so you're hosting a tour, Andrew. Yes. You're hosting a tour on this, you said 20 acres about your, your tour area? Oh, in my tour area, correct. Okay, you're about 10 acres into this tour. Yep. Someone pulls it, draws their pistol, uh, which yes. is your legal right in Florida, right. and it, shoots it, you in the leg. Right. Now, he said, now, okay, and I'm uh, another. I'm going to throw out another source. We have uh, to post these. Any source you throw out, we got to post. Is that too much? No. Uh, Stuff You Should Know did a great podcast on Lewis and Clark. So that's why I didn't want to give out too much information that they already have. Uh, But they mentioned that this guy who shot Lewis claimed he didn't – or he uh, he didn't admit to it immediately. They started looking around for an Indian who shot Lewis. He was trying to cover his ass. He was trying to cover his ass. And they didn't find any (laughs) evidence of Indians. And finally he admitted that he thought he saw an elk. So this would be like someone on my tour – Saying, oh, I thought I saw some good hunting. I don't know what they hunt down here, but... Uh, here in Florida? Yeah. Uh, deer? Deer? I think, I think boar, wild boar. We have a wild boar problem. If someone on my tour just said, hey, a boar, shot, and hit me in the leg. No, she, that would not fly at my place. <laughs> so poor Lewis got a shot in the uh, thigh. This is one of those cases where he took the opium, opium for uh, pain relief. And unfortunately, there's evidence that he was addicted to opium. Um, so he brought the doctor. No, he, he in fact served as the doctor himself. Dr. Benjamin Rush was a guy who he studied under before he went on the trip. And, okay. and they actually had discussed bringing along someone of higher intelligence. But Lewis, you know, they decided that someone who was smarter wouldn't be hardy enough to make it through the trip. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like if you're going through an indefinite journey, like Lewis was through the, uh, through the American wilderness, uncharted wilderness, right. for the first time, you'd want some sort of doctor. Yes. And I think I'm short-selling Lewis's um, intelligence when it came to medicine. He was good with herbs and medicines again. He was kind of known for that. So I think he actually had – and obviously they made it all through except for one guy. One guy did die from a ruptured appendix. Yeah, He got appendicitis. And at that time there was no cure for appendicitis. So even if if he had been with the best doctors, he still would have passed away. So in my book, they had zero – Fatalities. Besides, again, one... That was nobody's fault. That was nobody's fault. Now, Floyd, um, I apologize, Mr. Floyd, I've forgotten your first name. He was the one who died of appendicitis. Okay, so, he did he, so he's getting, not listening. He's not listening you don't longer. Need to apologize. But <laughs> that's true. If Floyd's descendants are, li- are listening. Um, but he had a bunch of stuff named after him. Cool. Um, you know, a hill, a river. Uh, everyone got stuff named after him because they were finding so much stuff. So even the dog, who, I've, who I just briefly shouted out earlier, but I should mention they brought a dog along... Whose name was uh, Seaman. Uh, Seaman. Seaman or Seaman. Seaman. 
Mr. Seaman. Mr. Seaman. He was a Newfoundland, and for a long time they actually thought his name was Skahiman. Skahiman, they were trying to do the... Uh... Well, they, again, they, 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 it was just pretty much bad handwriting, and people <laughs> were wondering why would they why would they call this dog Skahiman until they found another source that referenced Seaman, and it kind of all came together. This was only recently. For a long time they had thought this dog's name was like Skahiman. Skahiman? But it was actually Seaman. So the dog made it through. Um, Sacco Julia had a baby, like... At almost the start of it. How, how long did this expedition take? Two years. Two years. So she had a, a baby, a newborn baby, up to a toddler. Dude, babies suck on tours. I'm sorry. I do like babies. Oh, and I babies look are having, awful. But they're awful. They're such bad customers. They don't They don't pay. No. Their parents don't want to pay for them. That's right. They're always not... hogging attention. Oh, they're so loud. I hate having babies on it's my terrible. tour. Like. Get your baby. little weirdo. Yeah, he doesn't want to listen to this. He's not no. interested in, in electricity yeah. and yeah. history. And Your tour is about history and electricity. Yeah. My tour is about dead people. That's right. They don't I have want... a story about genital mutilation. Babies don't want to hear that. Tour. How dare they, those parents. Right? But Sacco Julia did a good job of taking the baby. I guess we shouldn't knock it because you know what? She did a good job. She was doing her job. She was raising the that kid. That baby was get, you know, he got smart. That's, that's how you get on the, on the daughter coin right there. That's right. Being a strong, independent mother. That's right. Well, John, I think I've run out of note cards. Um, oh, you know what? There was one other thing I did miss. Again, you know, I probably should have been a little bit more organized, but I talked about uh, the reasons Jefferson sent them out. So, again, it was finding a water route. It was finding plants, animals. Besides the bear reporting, the grizzly bear, they also found prairie dogs, prairie dogs have never been seen. Uh, they managed to capture a prairie dog by forcing water down its hole, which I thought was kind of mean, and then <laughs> sent it back alive to President Jefferson. Could you and imagine? They mailed it? What did yeah, they do? I, uh, send it on sound? You're going to Jefferson. <laughs> Washington, D.C. Here's the address. Him. That's right. And for that Off prairie dog to just show up at Jefferson's big oval desk. With a note pinned on its yeah, collar. Right, that's right. I'm here for President Jefferson? That's right. Um, but another reason was to claim these territory, the territory, the area for the United States, because even though the United States purchased it on paper, um, the Spanish were still trying to like, you know, kind of stake a claim. So were the British and even the French. The French had just sold it to the United States. They're trying to get back. They in were there? even like trying to yeah, set up trading posts and whatnot. Well, the French had so much shit going on at that right. time, and it was hard to keep track. You, you know, mail didn't go as fast, so you could be a French trader. In the middle of Canada, which was then Louisiana Purchase, and we, had no we bought idea. Canada? No, just just portions of it. Why don't we, we have it now? Why don't we let them take it from us? Let's, let's get know. it. Let's there. get it back. We bought that. That's right. That's right. But the Spanish even deployed fifty-two troops to chase after the group, and they couldn't keep up with them because the group was traveling between seventy and eighty miles a day. Wait, so they had like French and Spanish bounty hunters on their trail? Just Spanish, but yes, Spanish bounty Spanish hunters. Yes. Following them through the wilderness yes. to kill them, yes. presumably. Yes. And they were doing 80 miles a day? Yes. And how long was your journey? 160 miles, and it took them 40 years? It was 371 miles, okay. I think, and it took them all. Today, using today's infrastructure, right. 120 hours about Okay. Then, took them 40 years. I didn't get the mileage. I wanted to do that, but I didn't. That's okay. But we'll add that in the post notes. Sure. Yeah, on the blog, along with the resources... If you, wanna, right. if you want to, if you want to, if you want to fact check us, you're welcome to. Please if anybody's do. listening to this, yeah, you're welcome to. And I think that will be the conclusion of the inaugural Broadsides Podcast broadcast. I've been your co-host John, and I've been your co-host Andrew. Hope and, you guys uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Till next time. That's right. 
And you can get to our blog, thebroadsides.tumblr.com, and email us directly at thebroadsides at post.com.